RadioInfluence.com. Hey, gang, welcome into the A Place for My Head podcast. He is Brandon Thompson. My name is Jerry Peacock. And normally, Brandon and I go back and forth a little bit, but we've got a really special guest on the podcast today. He's the founder of El Nino, the former lead singer, former frontman, badass. He's got an acoustic single uh, that just came out. Brandon, tell everybody about Christian Machado. Oh, my family, my family. Um, you know, Chris and I have known each other for for shit, man. I don't even know quite some time. Long ass time, long ass time. All my days in radio and these guys would, uh, you know, tour through uh, uh, parts of Florida and whatnot. And uh, for some reason, man, we just clicked, man. It's like we formed a bromance pretty early, I feel like. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been heaven ever since. Right, Chris? <laughs> Hell yeah, man! It's been like twenty years. <laughs> it's been a I think long it's like time. Twenty years, right? Because the first time. time we hung out and we met was probably like two thousand two, I think. It, yeah, one two thousand two something. I don't know. It was like I. I feel like it was like maybe in Orlando, in my Orlando days. Oh god, I fucking. Yeah, I think I think we met. <laughs> I think we met at Earth Day birthday or something like that, and then yeah. I, I was going. I was going to Florida to hang out with friends once in a while. And then that's how we kept in contact. I think you know I saw yeah. you in Jacksonville a couple of times. And yeah, I don't, I don't know why. exactly how it went down, but I, I know it had something to do with her third birthday, and then me going down to visit friends down there once in a while. The connection was lonely. Remember, lonely. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It was yeah. a show. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. Wow, time flies. We get get old. We start to lose brain cells, huh? Yeah, man. And some other stupid shit that was in Jacksonville that we don't even want to talk about, but whatever. Fuck it. No, uh, No, for sure. (laughs) um, I don't care if you talk about it. Oh, God, man. (laughs) I could shoot myself in the foot with all kinds of that crazy shit. But, yeah, forever, man. And, you know, I I, I talk a lot um, on this podcast, uh, you know, about – uh, about my days on the road because they were some of the, the greatest years of my life and some of the worst at the same time. You know, anybody that asked me about that time in my life, um, I'm, I'm, I'm always transparent and open and they're like, Oh shit, you were on the road. Like everybody thinks it's peachy keen and every day, you know, is, is, is a party in paradise and all that kind of shit. And I mean, you can attest to this. It's fucking not, you know, like some, some days off that we had were fucking miserable. No one wants to be in fucking, you know, bum shit, Idaho on a day off and, and it's a dry state or something like that. And you can't even get wasted. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it gets lonely and all that shit. Um, but you know, you being on the show right now is a privilege for me because all that gets validated because you were with me the entire time. Um, so, so very much appreciated. Um, and I also, I also, um, speak to, uh, the touring life and the tour cycle and the ups and downs and all that stuff really contributing to, the anxiety in my life. Um, you know, I talk a lot about like, uh, you know, back in the MySpace days when the tour dates would go up the day before we were supposed to leave because they were always put up late. Fuck. Um, uh, (laughs) um, but I would lock up, you know, and I'd I'd get in, I'd, I'd go into a panic attack and lock up and start to sweat. And, and it's like a twilight zone out of body experience where a doctor's about to cut you the fuck open and you can't, you can't say stop because you're still there. I mean, that's how bad it was for me at times. And, 
you know, I remember, dude, like I, I've mentioned this before and I hate to regurgitate shit, but, you know, we're fortunate enough to have you on the show. But like there were times, man, I, you know, I'd call my ex and stuff like that and I, I'd cried, you know, I was I was that miserable and I was fighting with uh, management so much every fucking day. It's like it was like Jekyll and Hyde, you know, like we had the management outside of touring was one way and wanted, you know, great things and this that and the other and then and then you you get you know management out out there and get them in, in front of a group of people and uh, all of a sudden they just want to make you feel like shit every single fucking day and 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 you know cut you down and talk down to you and uh i can't i, I can't even i can't even describe how how damaging that was for me i mean i got a fucked up family as it is and, you know, that time really never helped because, <laughs> no, I know. totally I, I totally remember. And during that time, it was it was an extremely complicated, confusing time, even for me, dude. I mean, yeah, after after the Revolution album, um, I would say that sometime around maybe One Nation Underground is is kind of where I went in. I personally went into this dark hole of like. If I wasn't on tour, I wouldn't want to go outside. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave my apartment. I wasn't on hard drugs. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't even drink. I didn't even drink when I was home. It's just mm-hmm. this is this is what I thought I wanted to do because it was my way of totally compensating what was like you're saying the chaos and the, and the insecurity, the the constant you know. Um, the constant feeling of, of especially during those years when you were TMing, it was the constant feeling of, okay, things aren't going to get better. Things are mm-hmm. only going to get worse. That's how I felt all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a fucking groundhog day over and over. It's like, it's like uh, the movie office space, you know, in the beginning or whatever. And, and the psychiatrist or whatever that before he hypnotizes him, he's like, you know, w- you know, what's going on. And he's like, you know, Every day at work is the worst day of my life. I remember I would come home from tours and I would, you know, go into my apartment in in, in Edgewater and then I, w- I wouldn't even leave my apartment for like three weeks. Thank God there was a corner store that I could walk to the corner, you know, get at the time I was smoking cigarettes, I would go get a pack of cigarettes and you know, right. Arizona iced tea or whatever. Good old Duncan. Yeah, but that was literally my only time out of the house was like once every couple of days I go get a pack of cigarettes or something to drink. And mm-hmm. I didn't even want to be outside. I didn't even want to see people. And not because and it wasn't it wasn't because the shows aren't rewarding. And and for, for a person like you or crew people, it has to be probably 100 times worse than what any musician must feel, because at least a musician has the reward of going up on stage connecting with the fans and then there's this you know overall feeling of this is why i'm doing this because the connection with these people and we connect on a musical level and you know the the music feeds them emotionally the same way it feeds me emotionally and things like that but then you know after that's done the musician if if the touring life situation is bad. The musician right back to seclusion, you know, <laughs> right. and becomes right. a recluse and you really don't even want to deal with anything. And sometimes in situations like that, I, I couldn't imagine what you felt like because you were in the middle of a tug and play 
between artist and then label and you know management and things like that where, where sometimes yeah and sometimes the musician especially me you knew me i was like i didn't need you know i was so completely um i don't know what the right word is but i i completely went into a cave like my way of yeah. dealing with it was yeah i'm gonna I go remember. into this cave I, I want nothing to do with disasters anymore. Um, you know, and I'm going to came out, just, you did your thing. And then you went back to the cave. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> dude, you were easy. And on I the got... road and on the road, I would drink. But when I could, when I came home, I wouldn't even have a drink. It wasn't even about, I don't even like, it, it's not that, you know, I, I, I had a problem drinking or I didn't like drinking at all. It's just on the road. It felt like I needed to get by somehow with something. No, I know. Well, I mean, I get it. Like, I feel like, you know, an LD and stuff like that, they can have a drink before the show because everybody's got their part. Um, and you're right, man. I I hated limelight. I hated all that stuff. It's different. Uh, it's it's nice that you kind of notice, you know, that the crew members don't get the luxury of what the artists get and stuff like that. But I every night, man, uh, and, and I, I bet you don't remember, but I, I would stay on, on stage with you guys at least – at least two songs just to make sure everybody was fucking solid, good water towels, everybody in tune in here, whatever before I disappeared and got money. But I would always have that moment of looking at you guys fucking kill it and the crowd loving it. And that was my reward, you know, like, like you were in tune with them. I was in tune with you guys and the crowd and shit like that. I was like, Hey, I was a part of this all fucking day. But, but that didn't really, that, I mean, that, that only downplays the negativity just a little bit because yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. it wasn't, you know what it was. It's, it's just, it's such a s- small spurt of mm-hmm. like reward. Mm-hmm. What you yep. were getting, dude, yep. crew guys, crew guys on tours, on tours that are hardworking tours, like what we were doing. Cause there, you know, there, there are tours where like the crew guys are still busting their ass, but there's this huge hierarchy where, you know, um, errands are you know split up amongst a lot of people and there isn't this ton of pressure like what you had on your shoulders where you're like one tm one guy you're kind of assisting tm in yourself too you're kind of having to assist stage manage too (laughs) you know it's just like really a disaster at that level i'm glad somebody noticed damn because i was catching shit every fucking day i i I must have gotten i know you witnessed me quit at least once or twice, because I know I did it at least five or six for times. For sure, a couple times, yeah. For sure, a couple times. <laughs> Hopping out of the bus in fucking Switzerland, getting on. I'm like, fuck you, bye. Yeah, um, I remember all those times. I remember being like, <laughs> I remember every single time. Every single time any crew has ever felt like they were in a situation like that, I always remember thinking, I don't blame them. Yeah. I don't yeah. blame them. Yeah. You know, and I, some, some people would think that you know oh no well you know the crew guy they they shouldn't feel like they gotta feel only one way and work only one it's like dude you're talking about a human freaking being you know who's Mm -hmm. been like for 45 days beaten down on the road with hardly any fucking reward behind it you know five dollar and and fucking dirty yeah and and the worst thing about it is the, the, what the guy's really pissed about is he wants to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, man, those times are so rough. I mean, there's just one individual in particular, you know, just really fucking, yeah, man, he, uh, 
it, permanent damage. I, I can't, I, I don't know how else to explain it. Permanent. I mean, the way for me, the damage. way I, the way that, you know, I, I know that, look, you know, I signed an NDA. I can't talk personally about people. And, I, and one thing is that is true in my life is I'm terrible at holding grudges, but I, I I'm definitely not ever going to stop talking about how I had to deal with it because mm-hmm. it personally, it personally affected me. You know, that, that time of my career personally affected me more than more than more than you know the amazing uh coming up of the band and the development of the band which i thought were some of the most rewarding years in my life just as a young adult you know trying to create and you know meeting new people and you know trying to find your way and whatever this world may have in order for you but you know some of those years after after the success came and then it seemed like um, it, it seemed like really the decision making process became such a disaster mm-hmm. that my, my I dealt with it like that, man. Like I would go on. The, it always you know, felt like everything was falling apart. That's that's how it felt. Even off tour, like you know, you you know, when you were in your uh, apartment, you never wanted to leave. It was the same for me, man. You know, oh, the only place I went to when I lived in Burbank, bro, was the fucking Rainbow, and that was for the mozzarella blocks and fucking booze. But that was it. I mean, that I didn't venture out anywhere else when we weren't on the road, and and that shit got kind of miserable, and it caused friction with you know my ex and all kinds of stuff like that. So it's like. The mental game, the this the 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 thick skin that I grew over those years, man, um, not only had benefited me along the way now and made me who I am, and I'm thankful for someone treating me like a piece of shit um, that pushed me to the point where I had to fucking quit, you know, every other week, um, whether we were fucking in Russia or Switzerland or fucking you know Kansas, uh, I, I was quitting. You know, and and uh, somehow managed to stay, and then I ended up getting fucked in the end, and and you know whatever. You might have, you might have. I mean, I don't know. You might have seen me almost quit. No, no not really, because I was never the kind to be. I've seen. That's I saw, it. I'm done. You know. I, yeah. I never. I never. I've know, seen. I, I saw everybody. Everybody, at least everybody, on on their like wits end about like just over it. Not not like I'm quitting, but like fuck you, fuck you, like fuck all this. I mean. You know, I'm very happy that we're friends and we stayed friends. We stayed in contact and, you know, it's genuine and uh, the bromance is fucking real. Right. Dude, but, the two of you, but you said it pretty much. You nailed it pretty much. It's, the touring life it isn't easy. You know, it, there there is a ton of reward to it if you're traveling a particular way. You know? Yeah. And yeah. if and if you're and if you're traveling uncomfortably and you're okay with that, there could still be reward behind it. But I I, I would imagine that anybody after you know ten years of doing the same thing, especially if it doesn't feel like it's getting better, no you way. start to get you start to get worn down. You just no. you're you're just like you know it chips away at, at your you know soul. your shell. Yeah, your Everything. soul and your soul Everything. and your shell. Like you the, still need your shell to protect you from all the bullshit of the world. Yeah. You know, yeah, your shell yeah. is kind of what's protecting your soul. And once your shell starts getting beat up, then you start affecting your soul. And you're like, well, that's the, 
I, you get in your own head, right? Because then, you know, someone makes you feel like a piece of shit day in and day out. I mean, day in and day out, riding your ass from from the minute they get up at four o'clock in the afternoon to the second they go to bed at fucking eight a.m. Uh, you know, they're riding your fucking your shit on and on mistakes that you didn't make, they've made, you know, and they make your problem. But you know. Thank, thank God. Like, I think, I think you only yelled at me like one or one, like two times. I think one time it wasn't my fault. We cleared that shit up easy. But the other time, um, we were, I'll never forget the story, man. I felt so bad. Um, and you weren't mad at me. You were mad at the situation. So don't worry. Uh, it's all good. It, that's not something that burned me, but we were somewhere in fucking Germany and we had to, <laughs> we had to park the bus across the street from the venue. And I was in there doing my thing. And I hadn't had a chance to hang up some signs to show where the fucking venue was and the door and the entrance and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, God, dude. That was like a personal pet peeve of mine. Yeah, dude. yeah. It's it, waking it, it, up. It's, yep. Dude, it's not literally. Not you are. <laughs> dude, it, because I'm not a claustrophobic person, but don't ever like just like make me wake up somewhere and, and not tell me where the fuck I am. Well, don't. It, it made it you know, even because it's worse. Like worse than, it's worse than claustrophobia. It's yeah. like, where is everybody? Exactly. I, I don't see the venue. And where the fuck are we? I don't exactly. even know where I am. Exactly. <laughs> and you, you came at me, man, like fireworks. And I was like, oh, shit. What's up? And you're like, and then and then you kind of like, kind of like, you know, took yourself back a little bit. But you had to grumpy, man. You had to deuce. And I get it. I get it. And you were flipping out because you didn't but know I, I, I where think, to go. I think you were, I think you were at, at that time, you weren't expecting me to wake up at that time because I was my sleeping schedule was always like go to bed at like 8 a.m. and wake up at 2, 3 p.m. You know, yeah, always. Yeah, so you, you were you were you were probably not expecting it. I probably woke up early and you probably hadn't done it. And I was like, what the fuck? I, yeah. I got to piss. I got to I don't know what the hell it was, but you I, had to I, deuce, bro. I needed you had to, to I had to do. <laughs> You had to make it grumpy, man, and that shit was affecting you. You got up early. Dude, don't ever, don't ever get in the way of a man and his deuce, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry, the shit that happened on tour, man, we toured with an artist, man. Um, I won't say her name, but uh, (laughs) she used to shit in bags, man, and fucking tie them up and throw them out the back of the the bus. And she almost hit our percussionist a fucking couple of times on a tour. You wow! Just shit Publix bags, bro, and fucking throw them out the window like it was no big deal. Like no you know big deal. Like, you know what's funny? You know what's funny <laughs> is that you know she learned that from somebody else. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> oh, God. oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like where she get the toilet paper too. That must be on the writer because <laughs> somebody you know. and you know it was somebody else that told her like you know just, well she shit in the bag and throw it out the, the window. Bag. <laughs> Just shit in the wow. bag. Throw it out the window. Fuck it. Fuck yeah, it. you got to finish do? it, though. It's not just shit in the bag. It's just to shit in the bag and throw it out the window. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, Jerry, we could – I mean, there's stories upon stories upon stories, but – I was going to say, um, it's funny. You guys are talking about this kind of stuff because all anybody ever sees – and you kind of alluded to this earlier. You know, all anybody ever sees, you know, is the band and you guys up on stage. They don't realize – and it goes back to what we've talked about before about, you know, with, with me and the radio thing and, and, you know, the whole double life thing. And, you know, yeah. that's exactly how it is. And, you know, people only see the spotlight. They don't see the, 
what's the word I'm looking for? The the non glamorous side of of the industry, behind the scenes, you know? out of the limelight, the real person that's exactly. actually on stage giving it hell and shit. You know, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why it's it's nobody sees the actual the actual footwork. Yeah, exactly. You, and you can't just say work because then people will be like, ah, oh, but it's enjoyable work. No, no, no. Listen, no. it's footwork. No matter how you look at it, people are having to run around all over the place. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and grind, it, that, it, that, it, that grind never ends either. No. And like, and, and even when the party starts happening and, and, you know, and all the business is done and, and the crew and, 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 and company can get to partake and have fun with everybody. Cause I mean, those are the memo- those are the really memorable times for me. It wasn't so much the shows. It was the fucking belly laughing and, uh, the stupid movies that we would watch and fucking eating right, shit, right. you know, eating beanie weenies and fucking spaghettios and laughing our ass off. That's what I loved about it. But when you have to, you know, cause Look, Nino, they part. El Nino partied like we just we did like crew and band partied. I mean, there's a fucking party all the time. I, I yeah, mean, it, it yeah. is what it is. But when you when, we you tried, know, we for sure we 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 tried to enjoy the small window of enjoyment that we could have been allowed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what you look forward to. You know, almost more yeah, than anything. But, well, you know what it is. It's like the one thing that doesn't require footwork. Right. You right. See what I'm saying? It's well, like, yeah. oh, it's, it's like a, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, this is the one thing that we could just do whenever we want. And like, okay, let's celebrate right now and just like have jokes. Yes. Nobody yes. has to plan that. Nobody has to like, you know. There's still a little footwork because I, it was difficult when you got like 30 plus people on the fucking bus and I got, you know, thousands sure, of dollars sure, sure. in my fucking, in my, in yeah. my, in my pocket. And I'm trying to get to the back to count and do stuff like that. But right. And you got you like know, two guys small, being, small and you got, and you got two guys telling you bring more people, bring more people. Yeah. And you got, like, and you got yeah. me like, and you got me being like, get half of these fucking people out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got sometimes, some you days got the... I'd be like, some days I'd be like, get half of these people out of here. Some days I'd be like, bring more people. You yeah, didn't even know what I was going to say. The <laughs> the fuck show with the vibe even I, even I kept you on your toes with shit like that. Huh? Hell yeah. No, or it's like, I'm trying to go count money and do like real business shit. And I got someone being like, Hey man, this isn't the orange soda. I fucking ordered, bro. It's not, it's got yellow five. I can't have right. that shit. Know that like, it does it does something to my cholesterol, man. I'm like, fuck you, man. <laughs> you're, you're 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 sitting there freaking yelling at the promoter, making sure he has the towels for the show, and then in the back <sighs> of your head, you're th- you're thinking like, is Christian gonna want more people on the bus today or less people on the bus? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh fuck! Did I cap his water? It's like, oh god, it, it, it was all good, man. Like you know, you know how how it was, man, and and how 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 you know hurtful. It was at times and I never really I never really recovered from it, man. And, you know, uh, um, I, you know, I had to I had to go get uh, professional help and all that kind of stuff uh, when I couldn't, you know, obviously I couldn't fix it myself. You know, like it wasn't going away. It was only getting worse. You know, I thought I was going to fucking die one day because I thought I forgot to take my blood pressure medicine when I was at work. I dropped everything, went to the doctor and fucking I just said, you know, I paid extra for an emergency consult and I'm like, just tell me I'm OK. And he told me I was OK and I was fine. I'm like, I need help. I, 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 I got to go get help. And, you know, and about like, you know, how this 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 podcast really is insanely therapeutical, uh, therapeutic for, for, for me. And I know Jerry um, and anybody that we have on. Uh, we all go through fucked up shit. And that's why we click. That's why we mm-hmm. we get along. And that's why uh, we're able to be transparent and genuine on this show. And, you know, I started the Place for My Head website 
um, you know, and all the other kind of stuff. I was browsing through some some of your old interviews and shit and just cracking me up because I was like with you on, you know, during those times and whatnot. Um, but I oh, saw dude, that I used to I used to I used to d- be a disaster on interviews. <laughs> I remember I remember during those days, I was just so pissed that mm-hmm. people were asking to do interviews with me. And there was always this like dark force trying to make sure I didn't get all the interviews. Right. And right. it's like, and to me, it's like, well, hold on a second. I have no issues with other people doing interviews, but if a publication is asking for me, wouldn't you at least be like, Hey, Christian, do you want to do this? Somebody else can do that. At least give me the option. Right. Well, you know, it kind of leads to it kind of leads to what I would say. I mean, I'm not not verbatim. I'm not, uh, you know, because I we're all friends and stuff like that. But you being lead, I mean, you kind of you kind of carried the band a lot, man. Like you were the front and you were the you were the main guy. And I mean, with uh, with everything that's happened and, and you know, so far, I mean, what well, the, the after well, remember, is pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, I remember not I remember fun. It, it, I remember as far as things like that, it, it, I don't know why there was, I felt, uh, there was this continuous dark force. The only way that I could explain it is like this, like in a movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought that I was asked to be Luke Skywalker and I don't know if it was, I don't know. It just felt like that. You know, it felt like, um, Dude, it always- I don't. I, I didn't feel like I was carrying the band, but I felt like there was always like this. Oh no, no, no! Don't you know? Don't don't we don't give too much. Don't let them feel too much. Mm-hmm. There was always like there was always that negative like uh, aura, if you will, or like anytime you walked into the room, like whether it be a dressing room or um, you know the bus, for instance. I mean, shit, dude. I remember the oh god, very first show i ever did with you guys was in cleveland well i was i was you know during those times dude i, I definitely wasn't like some depression that i didn't even know how to deal with I yeah, and that, I, yeah i didn't know what i was in i didn't know what i was in I, I right and and I, I was gonna ask a question about that after this like like uh, my first show was uh in cleveland and i remember i'm like what the fuck did i sign up for you know i was scared out of my goddamn mind i which I, show I, was uh which show oh god it was like what it was tour? in cleveland at um I can't even fucking remember. Uh, it was like a Peabody show with another band or something. No, 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 no. It was uh, it was with we Echo Trend, Boba Flex, um, and somebody else. Um, uh, Unite. No, it wasn't Unite and Carter. I can't remember. Oh, Gorilla Carnival. It was yeah, Gorilla Carnival. Okay, okay. And okay. but uh, but you know. I was brand, I was fresh out of the gate, man. First show, like breaking that cherry, man. And, 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 and I remember I was scared as fuck after I witnessed what it was like to be on tour, to go eat a sandwich, man, to go on the bus. Like, I'm like, am I allowed to go on the bus right now? Or am I going to get yelled at? I, wanna, I just don't want to get yelled at. I'll just start. But they got cold cuts in there, man. Like, oh, fuck, but what if there's no orange soda and he yells at me? Oh, shit. I mean, that was my every fucking day, man. Like, that was my daily. Like, wake up and try to not get fucking yelled at and manage to get yelled at. I remember there was always, I remember there was always, like, uh, there was always, like, you know, a push and and pull for what kind of soda should be on the rider. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And 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 if it was wrong, man, my day was fucked. But some um, people, some people were like, "Well, I don't like that kind of soda." Uh-huh. And then some people, and then the, and then that would make other people be like, "Well, then I don't like this kind of soda." <laughs> Like what the fuck? No, never happy. And you're, never and you're in the middle, and you're in the middle. Like, I'm the problem. Can we just bring any soda, please? Everybody, yeah. shut the fuck up. I'll get any soda. What anything do you, you want. want? Everybody, shut the fuck up. What kind of soda do you want? And I'll bring. Bro, it, okay. There have been times where I took my own per diem or payout or whatever it was and fucking tossed it to someone and went and bought whatever I had to just to shut someone. You, up. you were like, here, bro. Here's my soda. Have it. <laughs> have it. Take it. <laughs> Um, but back to interviews and whatnot, I was, I was scrolling through last night, kind of like going down a uh, memory lane and whatnot, watching some videos, man. Shit was fun, man. Like I, I, I bitch about it a lot because it, it, it fucked me up in the head so much. And, but you know, it, it, it's part of who I am today. And for that, no, I'm thank- for sure, man, you know, and I think I've always, and, and you can't compare what we do to the actual fucking amount of physical and emotional work that that like the a military personnel has to go through but on a much smaller level you're kind of asked to sacrifice a lot that you're used to and mm-hmm. you're asked to kind of just go out there and we'll tell you what to do day by day because that's kind of like what happened and depending on how well the organization is put together there could be this big sense of this is so professional. And that's what I'm experiencing now. Like, I don't know what it'll be like when I go on the road. Mm-hmm. But as far as like my label, the PR people, the people that are like just that believe in the project, really, is like, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Us. Yeah. People either believe in you or not. And, and you when you worked as crew for us, you might not look at it like this, but, but you were believing in us as a band. You know, yeah. you, you, you were out there and you weren't getting paid what you should have. You really were out there believing in us as a band, just, you know, because your heart was in it. Yeah, I was and just about to yeah, say that. You were, yeah, you were I mean, trying to make you, you, you were making a career out of it, but it's not like that was your first intention. Your first intention was like, OK, I, my, I, I think I've, I have my heart in this and I could do good doing this with these right. guys. And, right. you know, I mean, I, I think that a lot it's not for everyone, bro. No, because on a baby level, it's it's kind of like you're asked to sacrifice a lot. You're asked for to just completely be insecure about everything that's supposed to happen throughout the day, every day. And depending on what level you're at, it could feel like, you know, everything is very professional and well taken care of. And on lower levels, it could feel like everything is a disaster. Just like shitting in a bag and throwing out the window of a bus. Just, I mean. it, just like, <laughs> at what point in life have you reached yeah, where you, you have to shit in the back and throw it out the window? Uh, I mean, where are you? Just leave the you bus know? out of it, Brandon. Like, do we get okay? a, somebody get a tattoo? It doesn't matter if the bus was there or not. Somebody shit in the bag and threw it out the window. Yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't moving. <laughs> Nothing. They could have at least thrown it away. Like it like you know, like it was a fucking McDonald's bag and like ah, extra cheeseburger. I don't want it and I'm gonna throw it away. And then somebody goes after it, be like, no, 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 don't 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 touch you don't yeah, you don't want it. But, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, somebody walking by and be like, Maybe there's some food in there. <laughs> oh. Cheeseburgers, man. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, there were so many, so many bad nights where you know 
you know, you're, we were drinking or doing whatever and I'd get in a fight <laughs> with and all that kind of stuff. And I tell this story all the time on I feel like almost every podcast, but with you being on the show right now, it, it'll validate it. You know exactly what I'm saying. But I would all, you know, we all, uh, the, all the crew, you know, we always had Sharpies attached to our laminates and, and gaff tape fucking around ankles, whatever. <laughs> you know, we just had all that shit on us all the time. And I literally would get in fight in a fight with someone. And I mean, it would be, uh, you know, almost down to, to, uh, fist fights and stuff like that. And I was so emotionally drained and I was so fucking mad and, uh, you know, emotional at the time that I wanted to wake up in the morning and feel that same rage and, and, and confront, um, and confront someone and, 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 you know, give them a piece of my mind and walk the fuck out. I would write myself notes, right? Like really like not, not, not too long, but, but lengthy enough so I could cover each point and I would gaff tape it, um, to, to the, to the roof of my bunk. So when I woke up, I would remember what the fuck happened in detail and I could go do something, but I was so beat the fuck up, Chris, I, I literally would fucking rip that thing off the, the, the ceiling of the bunk and shred it as, as many times as I can and run to the girl's bathroom and throw it away. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And I, I've never told you that. So it's like, but I, I would and could, you know, TMing and shit. You got to get off the bus when load in happens and everybody else is asleep. So I'm I'm just fucking getting rid of evidence, man. Because I, I was so scared that maybe someone would, would read and be like, what the fuck is this, bro? What's this, man? And then here we go. I go right down that same path of feeling like I'm nothing you know, um, I, I can't do anything right by you and nothing, nothing's ever good enough. Like there's always something to bitch about and it's just, it sucks, man. And you, you, you can easily, easily find your place in such a lonely, dark hole on tour. I, I don't know about you, man, but I fucking hated days off unless we were in Europe or something, you know, stuff to do. But I hated, hated either drive days like when you're forced to be on that bus with 11 other dudes. Yeah, that's uh, terrible. The drive days are terrible. They're fucking I mean, awful. Uh, awful. I, 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 I hated, I hated the, the, you know, the having to go through a day off. But, you know, obviously because of physicality, you're a singer. I needed a day off every once in a while, every six oh, days. Oh, yeah, you need, you need to rest. That's that's without a doubt. I mean, dude, as shit pay as I was getting, when we had days off and we were parked at a fucking hotel room, I didn't give a shit how much it was. I was getting a room for myself. I mean. Yeah, I remember just, that. I remember yeah. that. Just and, to, some just other, and some other and some other band members had done that, too, because it was. Yeah. It really yeah. was was a feeling of like God. I need a break from this. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. It's it's tough, and um, you know, and going back to interviews and stuff like that because we would have them, and we'd have to like in in London, we'd have to you know take you guys places and do on site interviews as opposed to people coming to you sometimes and stuff like that. And I know you say you're awkward. I think you do really well. I think you wear sunglasses in probably eighty percent of all of your interviews. By the way, I've noticed. Um, me? <laughs> yeah, it was probably way too fucking early, way too yeah, early to be doing yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you right. know, when you, when, because I remember half the battle was like shows always happening so late. I don't know if you remember, but yeah. most of the shows we played, we weren't even going on till like midnight. And sometimes, because we were fucking and, late always. We were yeah, and sometimes, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it was like the band was just like, we were like, at least I, I don't know if the whole band, but I remember being like, why the fuck are we playing so late? Like, what is uh, going on? 
It was a constant problem. It was a constant problem. I mean, a constant problem to the point to where I tried to take it into my own hands with bands that were going over time. And I'll never forget on my birthday, uh, we were in Spain. I forget the name of the city. We were in Spain and you took me on stage and poured a fucking, no, Danny poured a barrier all over my head. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) <laughs> um, anyway, before that, I was telling that band to fucking get off, get off, get off, get a, and to hit the stage time because everybody had been bitching about not getting on on time and being late all the time. And it was coming down on my shoulders. So I literally went and fucking grabbed their rig and all their wires and fucking yanked them out. And they had no sound well, mid song because they played well, a song and, and you heard the, about it and got everybody thing- together. It was about to do a fucking New York fucking beat down on these guys. And it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I think that the thing that was just, at least in Europe, what is what made it very complicated was people take trains to go to shows and stuff like that. And I remember any time, if we were headlining and we went on after 11 p.m. and there wasn't a train that was leaving until 6 a.m. because they all stop at 10.30, like, you know, half of the venue might have to get back on the train. And yeah. if we're the headliner and they paid to see the headliner, yeah. how the hell does that make any sense if we're playing at the time there are no trains for all these people to get back home yeah and that's how people travel there that's how people travel there especially you know how it is like like in holland or belgium where you're you're, yeah okay you're playing and or but you're also playing like a b or a c market and Mm -hmm. in that b and c market there aren't six seven hundred kids to to sell out the venue but they all freaking take the train. Half of them take a train to go to the show. And that's yep. why the venues were always packed. Yep. But, you know, when, when you're when you're in a situation where nobody is realizing this, that it takes like a vocalist from a band to come out and say, hey, anybody realizing that the trains are stopping and we're the headliner, people are having to leave after they paid for a ticket before even seeing the band. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, nobody would, you know. Everybody's in their own bubble anyway, only caring about themselves and and other stupid shit. They're not thinking that way, you know. And yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was very I mean, at obvious. That time, at that time, it was. It was. I, I think that. I think we were just trying to fit as many bands on a bill as possible. I think mm-hmm. that that's what was going on. I, I don't remember exactly, but I think that that's what was going on. We we were just like, you know, we we have to, one way or another. Um, soften the impact of the overhead somehow you yeah know? and well, have whatever more bands it was. on the bill more people in the sh- in the club whatever you know i don't know well, it caused more problems than anything but uh um, more bands on the bill more problems no problem um <laughs> more so, bands more mo bands more more problems, more problems. <laughs> so while i was re- reminiscing um Last night, watching some interviews and some fucking shows and stuff like that, uh, reliving those days a little bit. Um, there was one interview, but it didn't have a, a video where you uh, spoke about uh, Chester. Uh, yeah, Bennington. We bring him up a lot. Um, or I, I should maybe not we, but I do. Um, he's uh, a, a huge driving force of why I'm I'm out there doing this kind of stuff. Um, um, because of the, uh, him dying by suicide, really uh, kind of. Uh, it, it, it woke me up in ways that wasn't, I, 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 I guess I needed to be woken up. I, I if, if, if I can say that, you know, um, just cause, uh, I was always a, a, a huge Chester Bennington fan as a human, you know, as a father, as a, uh, a husband and just person all around and something that tragic really fucked me up. 
Um, and, but it, it, you know, that, that action caused me to, you know, create some of this stuff and, and here I am now, and we're talking about some of the biggest subjects that people don't like to talk about, like suicide and anything to do with mental health and especially men, uh, you know, we're supposed to be macho and not fucking admit that stuff and say that, you know, we're, we're like Jerry and I say all the time, you know, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like you, you walk down the hallway and ask somebody, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm good. Or, hey, yeah, that, hey, but that, that, that same, but that that same mentality, you know, that like what you're describing, like, hey, how are you? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. I'm thanks. Thanks. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right. It, right. Is the same is the same mentality because I, I I have it too, it, or had it, or you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to you know how the fuck to evolve as a human. I think we all are, but yeah, um, you know, in having that, it's the same mentality that makes you go, oh fuck it, if a train hits me right now, fuck it, I die, fuck, fuck it. Yep. 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 And, 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 you know, he, he, uh, you know, he wore his emotions and his, uh, he did just mental stuff out on his, he, I mean, that's all, it's every lyric that he wrote. It's every, you know, the interview that he did. He, yeah. every interview, every conversation was, it was there, man. And some of the last interviews that he did were so, you know, I don't want to say creepy, but they were so moving because he, I mean, it, it really was, he, it, it was, it, it was evident that he was there, but everybody seemed so used to uh, him Man. speaking that way that, you know, I don't want to say no one took it seriously, but I, I, I it pisses me off when other musicians or other people chime in with an opinion and say that, you know, they're they're uh, they're selfish, you know, for leaving their kids and family and all that kind of stuff. Or, I hate, oh, I hate, saw I hate that coming. Do that. I hate all that people suicide bash, dude. That's I mean, not right. It. To cool suicide bash people is, you know what? This is the truth. Everybody, even his family, even the people closest to him, everybody, us, everyone, we're all outside of the situation. All of us. We don't know what the fuck was going on in his head. We have no idea as much what as he, he really, he might have been suffering something that he never spoke to someone about. Yeah. And we don't fucking know that, you know, but people are fucking selfish. They're the ones that are selfish saying, well, what I think you should have done this with your life. No, right. you're the fucking selfish one for saying that. Exactly. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, ter- I wouldn't dare tell somebody, you know, like, this is how you're supposed to feel. Your feelings don't matter. And if you feel like that, it doesn't matter. It, right. It's it, it, that's, that's selfish. Yeah. Without, without, you know, I mean, that's how I grew up. You know, my dad called me a pussy if I like, you know, if I if I was feeling, you know, depressive thoughts and, and, and just feeling down and whatnot. He's like, don't be a pussy. Just don't be a pussy. Right. And um, and, and you don't need a pill for that or you don't need you don't need help. Like, man up. You know, that shit stuck with me, man. And, you know, like there's a ton of there's a ton of bullshit that goes on in my family, especially yeah, on my side. Youth, and during youth, shit like that could really, you know, it could be it's very imp- traumatic it could be yeah. traumatic yeah we've talked about that before where you know people tend to you know think the kids are indestructible but you know the stress and anxiety that happens when you're a child you know can live with you forever and people underestimate that a lot yeah absolutely i mean even yeah. you know i i went through a separation and i i i had to go to court to get custody and everything dude and you know what thank god my kid is a little younger you know, but God forbid if she was 10, 11, 12 and actually like, 
you going know, through could, this could with put, you, like you're going through could, it. Could put, could put like the emotional equation together. Oh my God, I'd be losing my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. More but, than you already are. Yeah. 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 And you know what I'm having to deal with, Brandon. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it, but I know. I, I'd be, I'd be losing my mind more than is already occurring, you know, and it's I'm trying to deal with things the best I can. But you know, when, when, when you realize that the, the youth are that, um impressionable impressionable yeah. yeah they're living by osmosis really dude yeah you know yeah. they're they're yeah. taking in everything they see everything their filter and they believe is at, it is that is at a level that we will never understand because their filter almost doesn't exist so we don't know, really even know what they're taking in you know right. so it's yeah. and if it's coming from parents it's truth no matter what it is you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. it's like when you you know uh, when you have bad parenting and stuff like that and and I, I I just I don't know I could, that's a whole different story but I just it's on that's like a whole different show yeah yeah, yeah for sure a whole different show you know and and you know I, I I I talk about my family a lot and how you know fucked up they are and I used to try to keep it PG and PC and all that kind of stuff but you know just just right before the podcast man I had to ask you guys for 15 minutes to settle down because I, I had a long conversation and you know it rattled me a little bit. Um, but you know, my, my mother is <laughs> goddamn, man. She just wants, she, I I'm convinced she wants to take me down and, and it's hard. It's hard to deal with chemical imbalances within, within family. Cause you don't get to pick them. You know, they are who they are. And yeah. I'm consistently brought up all the fucking time, um, in conversation as a problem and the root of all evil when I don't even have a relationship with them and I don't talk to any of them for years and years and years. How the fuck is that possible? I don't know. At least well, why, I have the why would they be, separate myself. Why, why would they hold on to resentment though? I don't, I don't, you know, that's, it's, 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 I don't it's, know. It's, it's person. I mean, based on personality, look, the, the, the need for control um, is probably one of the number one uh, manipulation and being able to manipulate people around them. For me, yeah, I'm very yeah, confident. Right. And if you try that with me, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking challenge you. So with certain family members, I've been like, talk to me, talk to me. And, I'm and- similar in that way. I'm similar in that way where, but I don't. I'm similar, but then my reaction to it is different. Where mm-hmm. if I feel there's manipulation going on, I'm going to shut off to you. Well, that's what I do, you know. But recently, my my opa, my grandfather passed away, and I had to confront these people. And I say these people. That's and, tough, man. You, you know, and you know, my mother had not met my daughter yet. She's five, so I had to go into the battleground and be the strong person. And all that kind of shit, and 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 cross that 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 boundary that I've been protecting for six long years, and uh, you know, as 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 well as I thought it kind of went, uh, it, it went south real fucking quick, wow. and 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 I don't allow myself to get manipulated or lied to or scammed or any of that shit or bought. And that's why no one will talk to me because if they do, they'll get the truth and I'll be brutally honest and it will fuck up the whole entire conversation that's been had behind my back. Uh, And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sure some of them listen to this and I'm calling them all out, like fucking talk to me and stop bullshitting because it's enough is enough. You know what I mean? I didn't even know I was going to go here. But like, you know, my aunt, my aunt, God, she has dealt with so much shit and we are so much alike, but her and I are the only ones we have for each other right now. And she's in the fucking thick of it out there in Oklahoma. I mean, how fucking fun is Oklahoma? 
not fun. So, yeah. Well, I was saying, I, I think you hit the nail. You, you hit the nail on the head, though. Ninety-nine percent of the time, it, it's it's a control thing. You know, I know Total you control. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I know you and I have talked on the podcast before about my situation with my father. You know, I I haven't seen my father in over fourteen years. He's never even met my wife. You know, and the last time, you know, Christian, we talked about it. The last time I saw my father, he literally tried to pick a bar fight with me. It was it was beautiful. It was great. Um, Wow. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, at some point you've just got to, you know, walk away from it for your own sanity. And that's that's what I chose to do. And, you know, in my case and, you know, it may work for some, it may not work for others. But in my case, you know, I just walked away and I was done and I haven't seen the guy since. And, you know. It w- in my head, it was the best thing I could have done because he no longer lives in my head, at least not 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 physically in my life. Now, every day, yeah, I, you don't have to you don't have to be forced to keep revisiting the emotions again over exactly. Over and over, sure, yeah. Now, even though it recycles now, in your head, though, I would so. say, don't get me wrong. Every day, I hear him in the back of my head telling me how useless I am and, and you know, how I'm never going to amount to anything and blah, 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 blah. But that goes all the way back to like we talked about to the childhood thing, because that's how I grew up, you know? So, you know, it was ingrained in me from the time as far back as I can remember that I was a worthless piece of shit. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, I, in your situation with, you know, the, the chemical imbalances on, on that side of the family, it, it's similar, but it's different all at the same time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, oh, it's still brutal. Doesn't matter. Oh yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. It is. I, I think the the biggest hurdle is you guys are across the country, so yeah. you know there's well, no most, such most of us. Most of us, right? You know, there's no such <laughs> the, thing as, as the, the commander in chief is actually just three hours away, right? But I mean, there's no such thing as actually sitting down and clearing the air because nobody wants to do it. No. No, and, no, because they, they want to live in that negativity bubble. I right. mean, they thrive off of fucking <clears throat> negativity and control and drama. I mean, they constantly some people, have to some, fight. some people thrive some on people, that. Some people, when they get older, it happens a lot. I noticed that when that some, Americans, some Americans, when they get older, if they if they take in a lot of media and news throughout their life, they can become very Jaded. negative people when they get older. Like not and not. And I don't want to say that, you know, everyone that's negative is, is not justified as to why they feel a certain way. But um, it could definitely feel it intensified, like, you know, like nothing good happens in this world. And that's where you get that kind of mentality where you might have like, a, you know, your parent or somebody like that being like, nothing good happens in this world. So you're not up to nothing good. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's a seek, kind of, seek and destroy attitude. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm not with, happy. With me, you're not going to be happy with me, man. I'm like, I, I, I'm blessed, and you know, at least with with my mother and my sister and my grandmother, mm-hmm. they were always extremely loving. But you you want to know how I reacted to that? Was going out and seeking relationships mm-hmm. with people that were destructive, right? Right. You know, it's almost like I did. I I I, I did like my own. Uh, yin yang and fuck myself over when you know I should have maybe learned from the loving atmosphere my family had even though I never got to meet my father till I was like 30 something and all that I think musically I kind of spoke about that and didn't feel too traumatized by it but for certain by the time I got a little older you know you, you start to 
to feel maybe worn down or question some things and wonder why things are the way they are. But from, from a young point of view, the way that I dealt with my family being loving and having like, my mother wasn't necessarily supportive with the music, but she was just looking out for me. She didn't want me to like become a loser, you know, never. I knew you always had a great relationship with your mom. And I know your dad was a lot of inspirations for some of the songs you wrote too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the way that I the way that I balanced that out was going out and in in, in my own private life, seeking relationships with destructive people, toxic people. Right. Yep. So and now and now I'm learning that I learn I'm learning that. And just like you through therapy. Right. I I would have never been able to even realize it unless, uh, you know, I, I, I saw a therapist a couple of times and she was incredibly helpful and at least trying to um help me view from an outside perspective because the older you get it's kind of you have to you're forced to learn how to view from an outside perspective or else you're going to get stuck in that bubble Yo, of like nothing she, good happens is she hot <laughs> no <laughs> i wish she was though very friendly super she's super awesome but you know no no she's not hot i wish i had a hot therapist (laughs) it was a friend of mine it was a friend of mine that that suggested her and uh you know she's awesome but no she's not hot (laughs) i say we brandon and i talk a lot about uh you know aha moments and I was just about to go there. Good yeah, job. that that aha moment of okay, something's got to change. You know, something's got to give. You know, we we talk about that. It's almost like an epiphany of okay, I need to get help now. You know, I need to go see a therapist now. What what was that moment for you? Um. Well, it, it came out of not knowing anymore how to. Uh, help my kid be removed from the middle of the situation of the separation of my family. Um, it came out of the necessity of that. And then a friend suggested it to me and said, look, you know, there's a, a therapist. When I went through my divorce, she was extremely helpful and offered me a lot of great insight. And I was like, sure. Yeah. That'd be awesome about right now. Cause I don't really even know how to deal with this. You know, I was having like my, my, kid is being taken to another state i don't even know about it i'm having to call police to find to where my kid is like it, it came out of like this huge necessity of how the f- I, I didn't even know how to deal laughter could no longer get me past that i don't know how to describe it unless you have a kid and somebody stole right. your kid unless you have a kid and somebody stole your kid you have no idea what that feels like well, and I hope you don't mind me bringing it up, but you and I have had conversations, you know, either over the phone or text message. And, and you know, like I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm super sensitive. I don't fucking care if I tell people I cry and I don't care if they judge me for it. But you would tell me, man, you break you break down. You just break down. And, and because oh, of the dude, situation. I, it, believe me, uh, when when that situation, when when things like that began occurring. Yeah, if I didn't cry every single night. You know, I'd be lying to you. Right. You know? I, I, and, and not I, only and not only did, did I have to have in my mind, where's my kid, you know, um, basically stolen or abducted is the way the system looks at it. But then because there's a shared custody going on, you know, right. Po- right. Police tell police telling me, oh, there's only so much we could do. And no, no, no. 
and then having to go back to court over and over. I, I, I had no idea how to deal with all that shit, dude. And I, I never, and I never once even overreacted in the situation ever, other than where the hell is my kid? Right. You I know. know. Like enough I, is enough. Where is my child? And, and I never, and I, I don't try to say my child too much because in court they teach you it's not your child, it's both of your child. So you know it's our child, but it really comes down to that. Where is our child? Right. You know? Right. And, and, and it's like you, you, you educated yourself so much through the process. Uh, fortunately, I guess you could say if there's any type of silver lining, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> right. it's just, uh, 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 yeah, I have a daughter too, man. And they're similar in age. I think maybe a year or two apart and man, if I, I, you know, I can only imagine what that's like and that sucks, man. And all the times that, you, you know, you would text or call or do whatever. And you're like, I got to be there first thing in the morning. I do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. Like, I'm like, damn, man, Chris is fucking, he's doing his thing, man. And then you would question yourself and I'm like, Hey bud, don't, don't, don't question yourself. You're doing all the right shit and good will pre- prevail. You know what I mean? Like good dads will win. Like you're, 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 you were, doing all the right things. And I mean, I was super proud of you, uh, to be completely honest. So, um, you know, I hope that, I hope that situation definitely gets better for you. Obviously. I think, I think it will. I mean, I'm very lucky. Look, the system can be abused the same way that it can really, really help somebody in my situation. Mm -hmm. Um, with what happened with me, um, the system has been amazing. They realized what was going on. Um, you know, my custody was always upheld. It's not a question of, am I a good father or not? It's a question of somebody's trying to make false claims about me because they don't, they're trying, they're, they're trying to use a child against you is what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. They know, they know, they know that that's the last bit of thread left in the relationship. So they use that to it's try the to last button you. they can push. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the last bit of thread left in the connection of the relationship. So they try to yeah. pull on that thread and pull on that thread to hope that you fucking fall in the fucking sinkhole. That's mm-hmm. what they want. But, yeah. you know, apparently what I've been told, you know, from policemen, from, you know, uh, judges and other people that work in the court system, well, I've done this all without a lawyer. I, I, I don't need a lawyer to show up to court and tell the truth. I know that's what I mean by you've been educated by this for, you know, for silver lining purposes. But yeah, but, 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 but it it really, it is that it's like the last little bit of something somebody's trying to hold on to, to try to control your life. Like you said before, Yeah, you know, the same way that they, that in your situation, um, you know, they try to make your, your, your family would try to make you feel like you're, you're not good enough so that they could feel like they have control over your feelings. Yeah. Yeah, this no. was the same thing. <laughs> this was the same thing. Just using using a person rather than a psychological emotion, using an actual human as the psychological, emotional tactic of how to get to you. I say it all the time, man. Controls control is a damn illusion, but it is uh, it's something sought after and, and people are addicted to it. And, and if I had to, if I had to sum up so like the side of my family, that's it. And it's you know? so dumb, too, man. Why? So why, why do you need control? Why? Yeah. Like, it's so easy to be like, OK, well, you do what you want. I don't care. I don't care. Like, how easy it's, is that? You know, it's very easy. It's, it's like it's your life. And it's, it. and, and it's similar and it's similar to people that, you know, suicide shame, 
you know, they do. You're not, you're, you're, you're not living like, Hey man, people have their individual lives and no matter what you think, somebody's going through some deep shit somewhere and you know nothing about it. And then also don't, don't suicide shame people that are going through that. Cause God, God knows what, what they went through. We don't, we don't know. They took it with them, man. Yeah, no, that, and that's the thing. And that's something I stress about so much because like I've, I've watched documentaries and I've listened to interviews and stuff like that. And, you know, some people that have survived, you know, suicidal situations and stuff like that. I want to say I want to say almost 100 percent of them, but I'll just try to be as accurate as possible and say nine out of ten. They survived and they immediately said that once they started the act, they immediately regretted it. And that's scary as shit to me. But I bring it up all the time because like for, you know, go back to the aha moment, aha moment. You know, I I, I talk about this all the time, too. Like there was a point where I was scared of mirrors, man. I couldn't look in mirrors or I'd freak the fuck out or ruin my day. And the, the feeling of not being comfortable in your own skin and wanting to jump out at any at any moment in, in, in any way possible is fucking scary. Yeah. That's to get to that moment, you know, you try to think like, oh God, how bad was it for that person that they had to go right there? And I yeah. I can certainly relate to say I've been like I I, I, I just I just want to jump out of my skin. I don't I, I want out of I want out. I just want that this can't be the rest of my fucking life. There's no way I can live like this the rest of my life. So I get that moment and I respect that moment. And it's yeah, a subject yeah, I think everybody about. does though. I think I think I think that everybody does at some level. You know, and then mm-hmm. p- there are people who are really so affected by by what they're going through and their emotions. You know, whether the emotions are justified or whether they really are just getting a hold of them, you know, but there, mm. there's people that 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 go through it. You know, it, it's regardless of how anybody else might feel. I think that it's the biggest untold story. Right. You know, even with a, even if someone leaves a note, it's still well, like- I, the way the way the thing that's the saddest about it is this. Even if we take ourselves out of the equation is, OK, let's look at it like this. What, what is it that if you suicide shame, what is the point? Because let's it's not going to it's not going to erase the people that are out there thinking that they should kill themselves. That's not going to erase that. Right. People people aren't going to be like, oh, if I kill myself, I'm going to be called a loser. No, that, that's you know, that's going to make them feel like there's nobody to talk to. Right. Because these other people killed themselves because they had nobody to talk to. And instead of us recognizing and saying as simple as. I wish they would have spoken to someone and everybody recognizing that mm-hmm. there, there, there's some people out there being like, Oh, well fuck them for not talking to anyone. That's what you, that's what they're doing. But- oh yeah. And that's the shit that pisses me off the whole, the, all the well shits, all that coming or what a selfish son of a bitch, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it's a disease, mental health. Like, and like it doesn't, and it doesn't give anybody that's out there going through shit, man. You know, we all, we all got to realize that the brain is something that doctors still can't explain. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You know, consciousness, consciousness, reality, how we perceive reality. Some doctors still can't explain. So we really, the healthiest thing that you could do is experience the moment. That's like what they, you know, they don't teach this enough in school, but you know, you'll hear like old ass men like us being like, try to live in the moment. You know? <laughs> because really when you get older you're like 
God, that really is the only thing you have. Because mm-hmm. in the past, you have a bunch of resentment and a lot of things that you don't want to forget because you need to learn from them, but you don't want to focus on it too much. A lot of and things the you want to forget so as well. fucking uncertain, you know? Yeah. It's really the lyric nails it. The future's so uncertain and the end is always near. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's like one of the greatest lyrics in music ever. It's uh, it's just it, it it gets so complex to think about, and uh, when I say like it's the biggest untold story, like every person that uh, like that that goes through this or does this or attempts this or whatever, it's just I I, I don't want to call it a passion or something like that, but I just want to I just want to talk to them real quick just to well, fucking find out like like what what can we fix really quick to turn you around real quick like just give me I think give, me, give me something everybody feels that on some level for sure though like i just said it's just a matter it, it's like it, it's a matter of of some people are really tragically affected by something that we don't know we really yeah. don't know and some people may never tell it yeah. You know, some yeah. people are too scared to speak of what really, really, you know, is within them and, and is troubling them. Some people, it's, it's, it takes a lot of courage to let go and to even talk to someone takes a lot of courage, man. Yeah. You know, we so talk about that all the time. We, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, we say that every single week. And, you know, I said it last week. I don't care who you are at one point in your life. Those thoughts crossed your mind. Period. I, For I, sure. There's and, and no way not, you can tell me. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm listening. I'm listening. No, I say there's there's no way you can tell me I've never had that thought cross my mind. So, you know, you talking about people that are, are suicide shaming those that have, have gone through with it. They're the biggest hypocrites in the world. They're and most. And obviously, most people out there like are like we're we feel beaten down by life a lot. And we hmm. haven't taken our own lives, you know. Uh, the the most important thing uh, I think is that we don't act on it. You know, people around us may help us get by a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there, but everybody always feels like, you know what, like what I said before, if a train hits me right now, fuck it, I'm dead. Who gives a shit? Does it really fucking matter then? You know, and that, that feeling, I think anybody who's ever had to work hard, you know, suffered loss, you know, gone through, you know, terrible bouts with emotions and shit like that. Anybody's, everybody's felt like that at some point, man. Like, oh, fuck it, you know, it's me and I'm dead, whatever, man. You know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can, but if a train fucking hits me, whatever. Like horrible touring cycles. Yeah. And, and, and but, but, the, but, but the, the people, the people that really, really feel trapped, for some reason, go all the way to the edge and they jump off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really does take a lot of courage to speak to people, you know, and to, to talk about, to let go and to let go of the things that are troubling you. It takes more courage than to just constantly live in it, you know, because in that suffering, man, human beings could feel so warm. And I know because I've been there, I've been there when you're like in that suffering, but you're like, but I know what this suffering is. And I, and I know worthlessness, like you said, so, so this feels good. And maybe this is what I deserve, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, but it's not true. It's true. You, know, you just, you gotta just, 
I mean, that's view it. You got to view yeah. it. You got to view it from somebody else's shoes sometimes. Right. Well, that's I, I try to stop myself all the time. And I'm like, even in my situation and you know what I went through, you know, the shit that I was going through, Brandon, yep. and, and, and having to find where the hell my kid is. And, you know, and, and all the rest and real. Yeah. And all the rest and all the rest. Um, <laughs> even even in in that situation dude it, it's all you can do is do what you can um and and step and ask yourself you know it, you it, it could be it could be worse things could always be worse and i don't want to i don't want to put that vibe out there too much for people to think like oh okay then it's fine to feel the suffering and continue but th- things can always be worse but you have to see that positively Yes. You know, because as much as was was going on in my situation, I'd sit back and I'd be like, God, but at least I know my kid's alive. At least I know she's okay. I, mm-hmm. I just spoke to her for a moment. and I, At least I know right now she's okay. I don't know where she is and I don't know where they're hiding her, but at least I know she's alive. You right. know, it's, and it's like, I don't want to, and I don't want to put complacency out there at all. It's not because I never felt complacent by that either. You know, I, right. I, you still have to, you have, there are situations where nothing can, can stop you from, um, from in a responsible manner, finding out a, a, a resolution to us, to the situation. You know, it isn't situations like that. You can't walk away from, mm-hmm. but the feeling complacent in the suffering is no good, man. You know, no. I, I know that I've been in there and it's, there's, it's the reason why, Others try to control you psychologically to keep control. And eventually most, eventually half the people will start to feel so warm in the suffering that they themselves will continue to put themselves in that situation and keep themselves in that situation. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I live it almost every fucking day. I mean, I got away from it for six years and that's, you know, um, incredibly unfortunate but it it resurfaced and it took an act of god to to get us all together um for me to start feeling this shit again and it's like fuck like you try to do the right thing all the time you try to make all the right decisions and do the right thing by every person that you encounter and 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 hope that the universe and God forgives you and, 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 you know, and sees 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 good in you and stuff like that just to get shit on and stuff. But, you know, then I then I do what you do. Like, like, you know, that's a great way to look at, look at Yeah, that's a great way to look at it is, you know, uh, you know what? Do the best you can really do the best you can. And and hopefully the universe, because it's not just about people. You, you can't people are conditioned to hell in this society. You know, yep. we all are. Anybody who says they aren't conditioned in one way or another by the way, you know, they're, they're feeding everything from advertisement to history books to everything, you know, everything is conditioned the way they want us to learn. So it, it man, it, it's stepping outside, step taking, step taking your soul and stepping and putting it outside the shell sometimes can be important too. Yeah. You know? Like just really take yourself outside of the equation, you know, and and fuck, man, anybody who's going through trouble right now, I imagine in America, you guys are like hitting it on the money with these kind of topics because what's going on right now is insane. It's it's absolutely crazy. And yeah. and, and and I and I, I say it all the time, like even when I was working in media and, I, and I'm, I'm not anymore. Uh, 
but whatever. Anyway, like whenever I would go through a tough situation, I would always put myself in a consumer's uh, shoes, you know, so I could experience what they might experience in any kind of situation. I kind of do the same thing when we talk to people. And that's how I, I find, you know, empathy in, 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 uh, and, and sort of like, I get them on their level and I get I get what they're going through and I can have respect for it and I can appreciate it and I can actually learn from it, you know, and every person we talk to, honestly, we do learn from, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a, a pro beach volleyball player that was bubbly and awesome and, and just nice. And you would never think in a million years that she's got a tragic story about, uh, you know, assault. And, uh, uh, you know, we've had all walks of life on the show and everybody's got that story. But the most beautiful thing about everybody that we talked to, they've been over not they've been able to not just overcome what's going on, because we're all still dealing with this kind of shit on a daily basis. But they've got some sort of success story and they've got something that they can add to the conversation that's not being had to get others out of their situation or at least to get help because you know what i could be a brain surgeon but if i'm chemically imbalanced i can't fix myself it's not possible someone else yeah. needs to do it for me so yeah, no that's we, that's a great way of looking at it it's we true. say it all the time i mean it's just not possible you can say you're a fucking rocket scientist but if you're if your mind is not right maybe you can do your day job but taking care of yourself is it's a different it's it's a whole different thing man you you said it yourself like the brain there's shit we don't even know about it it's the most complex yeah. thing in the world so yeah and, and people and people might become amazing at their work and then completely have this depression as soon as they get home you know and and not feel like they're in a hole because of the work but they're amazing at their job you know there's a lot right. of that happening in america right now where yeah. people are extremely successful and some people are happy and then there's a lot of successful people who live in this constant depression they just don't really realize it but you know um and I think it's, it's tough for sure. The, there's people out there that need that need to be out there speaking to people because, you know, I, I I don't have the you know we don't we don't have we're we're like looking for answers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying that, and and you know what? That's what we always say about this podcast is, and this is why we started it. You know, Brand and I openly admit we are not experts. We're not portraying ourselves to be experts. We don't have any of the goddamn answers for anything. But we're trying to start the conversation because these are yeah, conversations looking, that need to be had. Yeah. You know, these are conversations yeah. that always need to be had, especially with what's going on in the world these days. People just need to talk. Yeah. And especially for people that get in their head like me, uh, like, I, I mean, when something goes wrong and I start to think about it, man, I mean, it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You know what it's like, Chris, man, like I, my brain just does not shut off. And if something fucks me up like early on in the day, it ruins the entire day and night and I can't fall asleep because I'm just thinking, 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 thinking. I call it Fight Club. And, you know, we had we had an, uh, another lady on a while ago. She's a oh God, it made me feel so fucking bad. But uh, she's a counselor for people that are in the um, uh, Jerry. What was it? Um, the customer, customer service world. Yeah. Like via phone. Oh man! And oh, I, I fucking, oh god, dude! I beat those people up. Oh my god! Like, yeah, I can't even imagine. Time. 
I said sorry probably 70 times on that damn show because she counsels these people that get yelled at every single time they pick up the phone. Like, you know, if you're, you know, who the worst, you know, (laughs) you know, who are the worst, uh, the worst kind of business that of customer service that gets it the worst. Do you know what that is? Retention. I would think that's what I was in. Like every single call is, I want to, I want to fucking cancel my account. And then you got to say, okay, okay. Yeah. Usually it has to do with money, but the banking, banking customer service, because they have to deal with the worst because it's about my money. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. my, 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 no, take this. You're charging me for this. No, take this off. Usually it's money, but in banking, it could be bad for sure. Or like, you know, customer service that has to do with payments. Anytime <laughs> customer service has to do with a payment. No, I know. You know, you know that there's humans brutalizing them personally. Yeah. Either, either that or, or like health insurance, because now you're dealing with people's health. And, yeah. Oh, that could. Yeah. But I imagine that could, I imagine the people having to do that in health insurance are stuck in the middle and they're not, and they're in a very, they themselves probably are contenders for becoming depressed Absolutely, because of what they're having to do. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. They're, having, and, and, they're having to tell people, no, you can't get the test. And they know that the insurance company has fucking money to pay for one test. Exactly. Yeah. A, I, I yeah, have some family in that industry. I, you're, you're spot on. And just and just about every customer service person I've talked to at American Express, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry. But with banking sorry. is a little different, you know, because banking, the customer service people see us as entitled little cocksuckers for trying to find out about our money. <laughs> you know, in banking they see us as that for trying to find out about our money. In insurance, it's like they the people the people that are in those situations. Man, I am not jealous of the job. The work they're having to do, bro. Yeah. No, no, I did it. I actually did it, which is weird. I worked for AOL for a little bit. I won't go into detail about it, but I was in retention, and every every phone call was cancel my account, and you have to do something to to keep them on. It's it's a battle. I feel for those people, and I feel bad that I beat them up because I'm definitely. Did you did you have to sign an NDA? Did you have to sign an NDA? No, 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 no. I got two. I got two NDAs. You know, one from a civil situation. And right. I also have one from the family, but the family one, the NDA is broken as soon as my kid was stolen. So there as soon go. as that happened, there there went that. So now now I'm trying to find out where my daughter is, pretty much. Wow. You know, and on that and on that note, maybe we just leave it like that. We were talking about American Express and, and, and money and banks. I said time is money. <laughs> time is money. <laughs> So we could do a, we could do another one, you know. We could do another one if you guys want. Like, oh hell yeah, oh, brother, you brother, let, you, you have. A, I would say you have an open door, and you know that being said, you know obviously you've got the solo project you're working on now. Tell everybody where they can find it when it's coming out. Give us everything you got on it. Um, so it's an acoustic album, a little bit different than the metal I've been putting out there. But if you're used to like the singing stuff. Say, I can't wait! Band. I can't wait to hear that because I'm a sucker for acoustic music. So I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Awesome! Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you if you like like Alice in Chains unplugged, you know, um, if you like maybe City and Color, if you like uh, just any rock artist that's ever covered songs on acoustic, Chris Cornell. I mean, I don't know whoever it might be. If you like acoustic music, this is definitely for you. The album's called Hollywood. And Sycamore or Hollywood E Sycamore for Latinos, whatever. Um, but it's uh, just a really deep acoustic album. Um, I'm, I, I try to be a happy person in my life, but I like my music extremely deep and, and 
it's very sad and it has to be genuine and real. And I think that this is, you know, as genuine and, and real and as personal as any kind of music or project I could put out. It was recorded all mostly live or with four microphones, no editing. Nothing is copied and pasted. Nice. The musicians, we played all together. Um, the first single, uh, it's just me with a guitar and I overdubbed the piano, but um, but the other songs have more, you know, like some acoustic drums on it and stuff like that and have a little bit more. There's some covers on there. And I did a Pink Floyd cover, Welcome to the Machine, a Post Malone cover. There's also a couple of old covers from my old band, the Life of Agony cover, which is one of my all-time favorite hardcore bands from New York. Um, and yeah, just look for it. It's out there. The single's called Die Alone. It's out everywhere. You know, there isn't like uh, no obscurity. You know, my label is on top of their shit and they've really been awesome. And all you got to do is just go on to wherever you listen to music and type Christian Machado and it's going to come up. That's awesome. Um, when, when does or you could go to Bandway or if you want to like pre-order the album and like or like order like a poster or a shirt with the album. Or if you want the vinyl, we have vinyls and I'm signing vinyls. And or if you want to sign CD for a pre-order, then you could go to Bandware dot com and then in shop dot and then just type Christian Machado in there and that'll come up. That's awesome. And, and I was going to say, I, I know the album isn't out yet. And you were talking about a pre-order. When does it come out? Uh, the album comes out September 25th. I think so, I may be wrong a day or two. It's that week of September. It's mid September. Um, they, they, yeah. 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 It's, I know that they release albums only on Fridays now. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think on Fridays. So it's Where a Friday of that Tuesday? week. It used to, you um or maybe it's Tuesdays. It used to be Fridays. I don't know, man. God, man, the digital world. Look at what it's made of me, bro. <laughs> I, don't even know, you, I don't even know when physical albums are being released, bro. Oh my God, we know. We'll put it this way: we know it's either Tuesday or Friday. It's one or the other. Either way, it's going to be out. Uh, this is how bad it's gotten. I went to Guitar Center to go talk to him about Pro Tools and go buy a Focus Right. And I'm sitting there, and he's like, "Yeah, man, bro, the, the entire suite's twenty nine dollars a month, bro." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? All the approaches?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, man. And if you're feeling down or something, man, like you can just like pause this subscription if you're not going to use it for a month and save that twenty nine dollars." I'm like, "What the fuck? What the fuck? No." <laughs> way that is real like all pro tools <laughs> so yeah I get yeah it, it I is get it. it is real it. it is real and i got the subscription going but it's you, <laughs> you know you know that a couple a couple of months you you're having a podcast frequently but during the coronavirus thing like most productions have to end i usually you know work out of fuel music and fullerton and then some editing at home mm. but most of the stuff had to kind of be come to an end so my subscription definitely for like a month or two, they, they got over on me for a month or two where I didn't use it. I didn't use it and still paid for it. Oh, man. You wasted that $29, bro. Damn. That's a good like Turkish pizza or fucking kebab. Oh, God. But Pro Tools is something that I use so much. I'm thinking about just paying for the, for the, the whole Pro Tools 12 license yeah, yeah, and just yeah. not going monthly. Not had to. But, um. But yeah, the album will be, you know, it's out there. All you got to do is just Christian Machado, type it into anything. It doesn't matter anymore because it's out internationally, the singles out there. And it'll be available in September. And and hopefully there'll be some touring. We got, we're lining up a September, October tour for the, the U.S. Hopefully that'll be, the dates will be able to stick. Um, but, you know, the way things are, I, I really don't know. I know we're lining it up. And, and, I'm, I, and I'd love to leave it on this note right here. Um 
right now, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people know that there are crew people who took a financial beating on this. Yeah, man. Um, but 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 there are crew people who are right now struggling with how to deal with it. Because every tour is canceled, every everything, man. Yeah. Everybody's out of work. It's 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 super unfortunate, man. Like service industry, retail industry, all that stuff. I mean, some of it's starting to revive a little bit with restaurants and retail and stuff. But I mean, the touring yeah. community, you know, we, you know how it is. We yeah. lived, we lived paycheck, not even paycheck, fucking just whatever we got paid week by week, by week and we had to live off that until it ran out. Well. That shit's yeah. probably ran out at this point, especially for the big yeah. tours. And I and I get it, like you know, it, it'll occur when the timing is right. I totally respect that. But yeah. you know, let's at, let, let's at least acknowledge that there's a ton of people right now behind the scenes trying to figure out how the fuck to even get the music industry to stay stitched together. Yep. You know, yep. without so, a doubt, without a doubt. At least let's acknowledge that yep. there's a ton of people trying to figure out. How the hell is this going to even be uh, sustainable if it, you know, doesn't go back to being sustainable? It's you know? got, it, it, I have a good feeling it's going it, to, you know, it's going to come around. We'll, we'll get there, I think. I mean, that, I, that's the only sure. way I, I know sure, how to think sure. right now, you know? No, for but sure. For to, sure. Music is way. something that people will always, you know, treasure in life. Uh, that'll never go away. Yeah, it, it, may, it, it may not be what it was before, but it'll, it'll rebound. Yeah, yeah, for it, sure. It may be I agree different. With you guys. Yeah, it may be different, but it'll. Yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not doing a. I agree with you guys. Via, hey like, man, look, meeting. I got into the perfect time with this shit because you know, in my shows there might be chairs and you can sit down. You don't even got a mosh, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna get if you wear a mask. You probably won't get no coronavirus in my shows. That's all. I See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was, like. I was just saying, I'm not watching a concert and buying tickets and, and, and watching it via Zoom. I mean, that shit, Zoom meeting, some shit that's not, it's not okay with me. It's just and, if you're gonna, and if you're going to go and if you're going to go to a concert, you would think that it's at least somewhere where you could have your own little cube. Nobody's going to touch you. So my concert will be perfect for that. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, well, look, well, God, look, you've Chris. been yeah, you've been so gracious with your time. We don't want to hold you up anymore. Uh, real quick, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. That way they can keep up with, you know, all the news and stuff going on with you. Sure. On YouTube, it's Christian Official, Christian Machado Official. On Facebook, it's Christian Machado. My account should be the one of the first ones to come up there. I'm probably going to change it to Christian Machado Official just to make sure because there are other people out there with the same name. And then on Twitter and, and on Instagram, you could find me at Latin metal. That's awesome. Uh, Christian. Thank uh, you. And that's, uh, that's, Hey man, thank you guys. No, thank you guys for having me on. And thank you guys for, you know, having the balls to do shit like this. Most people, you know, nowadays, um, I'm talking about politics and stuff like that. And not enough, not enough talk is happening about the actual fucking suffering, the actual fucking (laughs) mentality of the suffering going on, you know? Yeah. we're, We're trying to lift them up, not bring them down. Fuck politics right now. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, beating each other up with more politics, it's just like, okay, so now we're wielding hammers? So what? What? The, what's that going to do? Yeah. 
Not a damn thing. Absolutely. <laughs> well, look, Christian, we're going to let you go. Um, like I said, you have an open door. You know, anytime you need us for anything, you already know that with Brandon. We're always here for you. Um, and once the thank album, you, yeah, once you. we get closer to the release date for the album, let's let's try to reconnect and uh, you know help spread the word about it. Yeah, man, I'd love that. And thank you guys for having me on. Um, thank and, you so much. Um, and let me know whenever you guys want to chat. I'd love to do it. Uh, you know, I'm somewhat busy here and there, but this is a great topic. Yeah, we can always talk about it. And it's therapeutic in itself, even talking about it, dude. Yeah, even us just talking about it amongst men like this. That is therapy in itself. At least I view it like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, guys. All right, well, guys. We're going to wrap it up, guys. Christian Machado, you are the man. Thank you so much for the time. He's Brandon Thompson. My name is Jerry P. Tuck. We'll catch you all next week. Don't forget the hashtag. Get it out. Have a great week, guys. Yeah. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.